you know, I'm excited to be here. It is decidedly less fun doing via Zoom. Agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> also, also the the relativity of the fun that I have outside of this hour a week is greatly reduced. And so by comparison, I would say it's like equally big part of the week, maybe even more so just because of what the rest of my days entail. Dude, great counterpoint. I totally agree. That's the glass half full statement of the day, man. For real. <laughs> like you think about like how boring my life is outside of this. Like this is this is group therapy for me. <laughs> I was gonna say it's just easier to talk to people when you're in a room with them. Yeah, seriously. But it, it you're right, Matt. It is kind of like more meaningful now that I like really get to see anyone outside of like the people I live with. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh you know, when I'm going to concerts all the time and like living life the way that I did beforehand, you know, coming in and seeing you guys every Tuesday was just like awesome night with the boys, you know, like low key. And there's just all this like wild shit happening all around it. And now it's like living life with no fear, putting five right. <laughs> carrots in my baby girl ear. <laughs> you get it. Sorry. <laughs> all right. You ready to rock there, Matt? Yeah. I'm looking into the darkness. Can't I, see mine. I can't see Cobb's thumb. Yeah. Good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast starring the Ted. Starring the Ted. Start. The. Starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another uh, The Home episode of The Podcast with the hostess here podcast. Greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All right, throwing it, my name is Ted Smith, The Ted Smith. Throwing it back in there. All right, let's uh, start off in the upper left-hand square. He's, he's here. He's open. His name is Kyle. Kyle, what's going on? <laughs> he's here and he's open. Yo, what's happening, man? Very excited to be here. Well, you're in Texas, man. Y'all are open. Alright, uh, that's down, true. Down on the bottom square, Matt Connor, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Dad. First of all, just a personal note. I sent you guys food pictures on Sunday, right? Food pictures? Did say food pictures? Dude, yeah. I felt like I shouldn't be looking at those felt explicit. You know, like back in the day when people would have like they'd find like a you know a porn magazine or something and it was like, you know, shared amongst a group of friends. Like that's what those photos felt like, Ted. They felt raw and real. <laughs> Unfortunately, they were about meat. <laughs> Matt, I thought I sent them to the group, but yeah, I was, I had some short ribs. I was cooking on Sunday and just got a little fancier than usual, which is basically, I just used some rosemary, but, and then braised them in the oven. But I mean, Hey, they tasted great. They looked awesome. I brought in the leftovers to work today. And I was like, this is really good. And I was like, simple recipe, but I had defrosted them, so I had to cook them. So here's the story. Saturday, I'm going, I'm going to go hang out with a buddy in his garage, because that's what you do now. You hang out in garages, <laughs> right? See, I mean, you know, I think we're all the same way, but, like, it's only me, him, and his wife. Like, there's no reason to bring extra stuff. But I was like, I'll bring these short ribs that have been in my freezer for a couple of months, right? 
So he's like, sure, bring him over. We'll have a meat fest. And then I get there and like him and his wife already have a whole dinner set up. So I was like, oh, don't sweat it. So the next day they're like, I was like, dude, like you guys can keep a couple. And they're like, we're probably not going to cook them. And I was like, all right, well, I got to cook them today. So I got the recipe and it's like chopping up onions and garlic and then browning them in a pan. And then it, it just, they just looked awesome when they went in. The whole house smelled awesome all day. I was like, look at me cooking on a Sunday, short rib Sunday, back in action. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and then Ted went full like x-rated videographer and he's like taking just like, you know, photos of these like little ribs in the oven and stuff. Like it felt very explicit. <laughs> I was telling him we should start a um dude, what's that site called, Ted, that we were talking about? OnlyFans. Um oh yeah, you started OnlyFans. Yeah, it, it was it was great. I feel like if it was at OnlyFans, though, I'd have to cook shirtless. <laughs> keep all my uh keep all the bear fans out there happy. Like you want to just see a big hairy dude sear some uh short ribs and then raise them for two and a half hours. Like, all right, what's he do for the two and a half hours? It's like you watch him drink some beer shirtless and watch college basketball. <laughs> I think there's a market for it, man. I I I imagine there is. <laughs> oh, definitely. I feel like we're all someone's fetish. <laughs> That's a good call. Yeah, just some people play and in, lean into that on the internet. That deserves its own t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, we are I mean, all someone's fetish. Kyle, how tall are you? Um, I don't know, six one. All right. So I feel like like Matt's a little shorter, probably a little thicker, right? So we got like the muscle bound guy. I fit the bear. Cobb just fit well, not just, but fits like the like good looking. I'm an dude. otter, Ted Smith. <laughs> as well all right i'm like we just need a really handsome guy yeah we just need a really small dude with no body hair to like finish off like the four the twink you gotta have a twink man if you're gonna make a boy band work in this day and age if we're gonna take on k-pop we need a twink boys who we got (laughs) who's in the stable come on years ago me and my buddy burris we had a uh, boy band we were gonna start called ecstasy Felt more than X. Now, now that it's, I mean, Christ, we were doing that. We were like 18, 19. Now that I'm 40, I'm like, I don't know if our boy band called Ecstasy might have been the, the best image to give off and we're spelling it with an X. But I mean, we just used to have so, I mean, I remember being, hanging out with him at a party and he's like up in a room with a girl and I'm like knocking on the door and he's like, what? And I was like, Ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> dude i love that man i love that <laughs> i mean right now that i'm talking about can you think about some of the stuff we did in like our early 20s or like living in a row ha- like a like can you imagine like like i don't know we're at a party at matt's house and then like him and his girl go upstairs and i'm like banging on the door to annoy him with something like what the, what is wrong with you yeah not cool dude Ted, yeah your entire life pre-west coast is an absolute mystery to me Every story I hear is just totally out of context. I'm like, what the hell was that like? Okay. In Baltimore. All right. I got to word this carefully. But when I, when I lived out on the East coast, I actually walked in on my uh, roommate uh, getting some favor from this girl that I had also randomly met at the bar down the street a few months before. 
And that was the only time I've walked in on somebody, but it was out on the East Coast. And I was like, I know both the what like I had hooked up with her a couple couple weeks ago, like just randomly met her at the bar. It was a little, like, yeah, just one night stand at the the local bar um, right across from where I was going to school. And then next thing I know, there she is when I randomly open my roommate's door to ask him if he wants pizza or something. Matt, first of all, they're called Eskimo Brothers. And second of all, you seem like that meme of the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. I'm like, hey, hey, you? No, me? Uh, who was it? That's hilarious, dude. Yeah. I like too. I can still almost hear some of the shock in your voice where it's like, yeah, it was a one night stand with the girl from the bar across the street. And like, yeah. right. And then she was hooking up with your roommate. Like, not shocked. She lived down the yeah, street. And she didn't see think it was weird when she walked in our, our house. She didn't think it was weird when she was walking into the same apartment. Same I guess, posters on the wall. Yeah, uh, I guess not. No, uh, it was just right down the street. I don't. I was like, I don't know how you people roll out here. I'm just here for a good time, you know. And uh, I'd say I had one. I don't love know that I love. I don't know that I've ever hooked up with two girls in the same apartment, but I've definitely hooked up with like two girls in the same friend group. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Walking in and being like, wait a minute. I've Where do you go? <laughs> yeah. This, this carpet in the, in the bathroom feels familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, it's like well, a bad dream. We're already talking a little bit about cooking. So I was going to talk about cooking this weekend and stuff. I've also come to realize, like, we have some friends that don't cook. And like, That's me, I'm, always like, I'm always like, yeah, I like to cook or whatever. And our, our other friend was like, no, you obviously like to cook. He's like, you plan out meals for like your Saturdays and Sundays. I was like, I guess you're right. I do enjoy cooking. And then, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I guess what I was going to talk to you guys about or go ahead, Kyle. Oh, no, I was just going to say, man, you've been like, you know, all about like the slow cooking for the last like three or four years. Like you're always talking to me about like the little recipes you have planned and dips and whatnot. Like, yeah, man, embrace it. You're a kitchen guy. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out, Cobb. They are all like, not always necessarily with a slow cooker, but like, I think I've, I don't know if I've ever been around you while you're cooking, Ted. I think yeah, I same. have, but it's so chill. It's like slow cooking, but also chill cooking. The, the slow is the time chill is the vibe of your cooking. Like it is. I I just think like there's, I have to have been there while you were cooking, but it's over time. And you're just like very mellow about it, which is a stark contrast to my dad in the kitchen. So I don't think I mean, get so noticed. much joy out of it. Doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to, you're right. Most things I cook take a little bit of time. So maybe, yeah, if you were over here for breakfast, you'd see me like cooking fast. Matt, I just sent you those pictures to the group. But Ooh, you're right. Like, like I've, I've had buddies here for breakfast, and that'll be me preparing a meal. But generally, right, if I invite people over, like, the prep work's done. That's just at this point. Let's just enjoy the food. Right. Then you're in front of the house mode. So, so that's more about your, your hosting skills than your cooking. <laughs> than your cooking style. Our host. Right. 
That's a good point. Because even on Christmas Eve, like, Cobb, you've gotten here early before. Like, you're right. The dip's already made and are sitting out. Like, it's it's go time at that point. Ted, I have all the food is homemade, and I have never seen you lift a finger. Explain that mystery to us. <laughs> Thank like, you. by the time I get there, your outfit is dialed. The Christmas tree is looking good. Like, it's glimmering a little something special. And you're, like, two or three in the bag. <laughs> that seems about right. <laughs> well, it's a special day. <laughs> Wow, it's oh, so good. Yeah, dude, it was pretty legit. That was, it felt fancier with that rosemary on top. Yeah. So what I was going to talk to you guys about, though, is like, so every, like, people like to cook, not everybody, but every region has like their thing they do well. But at the end of the day, are they all kind of the same foods, right? So if you go to the South, it's barbecue, whether it's pork or beef. And then there's always some type of like soup. That's like famous in a region. And then like, like uh, Brett's wife, Rebecca made this cake called ooey gooey cake from Midwest that I had never heard of. And it was maybe one of the greatest things ever had in my life. That sounds incredible. Just the name I'm sold. Oh, dude, it was so good. Think the texture of like a lemon bar, but it's just like butter and sugar and vanilla. I mean, it, and the edges were crusted. I mean, I, you know me. I was a few beers deep, but I was like, this is the best cake I've ever had. <laughs> and then I think I was texting Karen, like, yeah, are you familiar with ooey gooey? Or like, so what? Like, it's a, it's a cake. <laughs> but my point is, right? Like, so the Midwest, that's their thing. There's always the dessert. Like, do you agree, disagree? Do you think every, like, every area does something different, but isn't it always kind of the same stuff? Go ahead, Matt. Um... I hear what you're saying. I mean, you're talking domestically and I, you know, I always think like internationally too. people basically have a way of getting like protein, uh, usually a meat and uh, of some sort, some sort of grain and vegetables into a plate or whatever. And there's a there's a lot of shapes that that can take across the globe is kind of some one of the similarities that I've been noticing. So I'm trying to think like locally by U.S. region, Cobb. Dude, I would say that it's actually similar to architecture. So, you know, there's only so many meats out there, right? I mean, you're basically talking like, you know, beef, chicken, lamb, and like, you know, maybe something exotic like a quail egg, you know, in terms of like proteins. Um, and then, you know, obviously like there's, the three most popular carbohydrates or calories in the world, three cheapest, it's like rice, potatoes, and beans. So, I mean, I would say similar to architecture, you know, you're going to use what you have around. I mean, if there's a lot of limestone in the ground, you're going to quarry that and use that to build your buildings. If there's a lot of brick and you're in New England, you know, you're going to build brick buildings. If you're in the Northwest and you have timber everywhere, I mean, you're going to get a lot of, you know, cool log cabins and stuff. And so in the same way, I would say that, yeah, food really, uh, less and less so with globalization, but in general, really becomes to represent a place because it's what was able to be, you know, gathered or produced locally. And over time you get better and better at those things. You develop like a regional competence. You know, if, if your region is just, I mean, you see it with wines, it's a really good example, but you know, like port wines are going to be a little bit more sweet. And then, you know, more Northern wines are going to have a really different flavor profile and people get better and better at their local thing, you know, like I say Tennessee and everyone knows like we're talking whiskey, Kentucky, they know I'm talking bourbon. And so those regional competencies using what you have around, I see what Ted's saying for sure. 
Um, yeah, I would say like every area kind of has like their couple staple dishes. Um, but I don't know that I could like one-to-one compare them the way Ted probably can. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even like, like it's March, right? So coming up, you have St. Patrick's day, right? So which traditional Irish food you eat on St. Patrick's day? Is it corned beef and cabbage? Corned beef and cabbage, right? So like even worldwide, I feel like a lot of cultures, it's just like, all right, we got this tough, cheap meat. Like, how do we cook it? (laughs) And then it's like, do we, how do we stretch it? Do we add the potatoes, the rice? And there's always like, you know, for, for Irish people, it's cabbage. In the South, it's greens. There's always some type of like cheap vegetables. I think a lot of it has to do with just, you know, regular ass people eating, trying to eat food. <laughs> I fucking love you, dude. A lot of it has to do with regular ass people trying to eat food. Dude, really? I mean, when you boil it down, that's true. Like, that's 100% accurate. You always, for me, have like the, the everyman's take on something. And like, yeah, at the end of the day, you're right. Like, it's a couple people like trying to eat what's around them, make it into something tasty. You know, like if they have cheap cuts of beef, like that's what's going down. You know, if chickens are easy to raise there, like, yeah, 100% true, dude. I totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about it because like, I was cooking those ribs and this and that. I was just like, there's barbecue, there's corned beef. I've had like in Central America, you know, there's a lot of oxtail, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, people are just kind of eating what's around and then being like, all right, people are coming over. Let's stretch it. So where is corn is corned beef originate from Ireland? I have nowhere near the background to tell you an answer on that, Ted. I don't know if it like the flavoring might originate from there, but it's also massive in Jewish culture. And I don't know if that comes from the Middle East or if that comes from like when Jewish people migrated to New York and started opening delis and hanging out with the Irish. I I don't know where corned beef started. I just know that's what Irish people eat on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. And real quick to pay you a compliment. I mean, I, I always forget that you have like this weird, like exotic and deep Jewish knowledge because you worked on a Jewish morning show. I what do was uh, Shalom Baltimore. Shalom I just Baltimore. love that. And like it's always so unexpected when you <laughs> drop something like Purim or like you know, dreidel etiquette. And I'm just like, dude, what like what was this guy's life? <laughs> we just passed Purim, actually. <laughs> well, there you go. Like, look, the other thing, too, is like on the East Coast, like, I mean, there's just more bigger Jewish neighborhoods. So it wasn't that uncommon to go to Jewish delis. Well, and I'll just say it for everybody listening. Shalom. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know what it means. <laughs> I think it just means hello, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know, man. I didn't work in Jewish radio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably. Like, yeah. Hello? Yeah. I miss Larry. Larry was the man. All right. Uh, with that, we'll take a break and uh, we'll be back in a sec. All right. Welcome back. Uh, as long as we were talking before the break about Jewish delis, I will tell everybody a piece of advice. There's a famous deli in uh, uh, New York City in Manhattan. Is it the Stage Deli or something? Either way. You order a sandwich or whatever, and they're massive. And the first time I went, it was just me and one other dude, and we didn't know. So we're just, like, eating the meat. And then somebody hit me to the fact of, like, you you get you order extra bread with it, and you just get, like, a sandwich. And I was like, huh, that makes more sense. Because you're talking, like, a piece of bread here and a piece of bread, like, here. And then just, like, corned beef or turkey in the middle. 
what, like five inches of meat in the middle? Yeah, dude. Jesus. Yeah, the that's what Sherman's does too. They're like a East Coast style Jewish deli in Palm Springs. We were talking about, um, and yeah, it's inches worth of corned beef, and they use latkes as, as the bread um, oh, on one of the sandwiches. That's that's my favorite one. They use regular bread too if you want it, but I always get the uh, corned beef and latkes. So good. Sorry, I'm trying to look it up now. Like, was it cats? I can't remember. Yeah, Matt, that other good deli down there is uh, the Kids Bakery. It was like voted number two, uh, number two restaurant in the country or something like that. And honestly, I mean, Yelp, I, in my opinion, is not to be believed. But I will say, killer, killer sandwiches. Okay. Yeah, it's TKB down in Palm Springs. We usually hit that when we're down there. Good to know. But I'm <laughs> with you. Sherman's has them by a, a country mile. <clears throat> All right. So, Cobb, you are in Texas. Texas announced today they're opening back up. No more restrictions, no more masks. So you're the only person I know right now in Texas. Like, Wait, just straight up? Yeah. I was, all right, so oh. I was going to ask you what the vibe is. Are people pumped? Are people scared? Like, <clears throat> Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I was out in the town all day. I didn't even notice a change. I mean, people here, I will say, have been thriving since the snowstorm leveled the city. So like since that, you know... Uh, Definitely. It feels like summer break down here. Um, but wait, so what do you mean? Everything's just, there's like no more masks. YOLO. Good luck. Have fun. Yes. That's where we're at. Oh yes. my God, dude. Jesus. That, wow. wow. I'm a mixture of excited and scared. That's wait. wild. That is a wild move. Governor Abbott. <laughs> it doesn't shock me, but there's also a part of me that was like, man, it's been like about a year now. Like I just don't want us going backwards. Dude. Uh, man, such a complex issue. It's really tough to weigh in without being insensitive to some group, but I'm with you, Ted. At some point, the cure is worse than the disease. And this has taken a real psychological toll on people. It's obviously taken a mental and emotional toll. And of course, an economic toll on many small business and large business owners. So, you know, yeah, I mean, at some point it has to end. We got to roll things back. Um, you know, cases are down. I mean, the, the vaccine stuff seems to be working. They are rolling out big vaccination sites. This seems a little premature to me, but you know, who am I to say? I'm just another, <laughs> just uh, another dude with an opinion, right? It's a guy out there trying to eat. Just another guy pissing in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Like that just came down a few hours ago. <clears throat> so I was like, wow. Wow. I'm not shocked, but also I'm just like, I don't know. It feels like we're so close. Like, the, I, don't know. I feel like Seattle will be one of the last cities to reopen, to be honest with you. They were one of the first to close. I, uh, you know, I've, so I've traveled a little bit during COVID. I've been in Texas, Utah, California, Oregon, and Washington, and Idaho. And I would say by far, Seattle is the most um, like hypochondric, hy- hypochondriac esque city. I don't know if that's a real word, but people are the most fearful by far in Seattle uh, in terms of the virus and, you know, COVID and the the rigmarole and the whole, you know, the pageantry surrounding that. I'm obviously pro-mask, pro-washing your hands, pro-vaccine. Um, but I think the fear that the news media was putting out really got a hold of people up there. And uh, it seems like they've taken it to a little bit of an extreme where I would say you know, Austin and um, uh, whatever that county is that Palm Springs is in, we're a little bit more measured and they've had similar results, but there's not the like 
there's not the public shaming of someone who's 20 feet away from you with no mask where like in Seattle, I feel like if you step outside your house without a mask, even if people are 50 feet away, you know, you're like publicly shunned. So I think Seattle went a little over the top. I think it'll take a long time to open it back up, but I'm pumped I mean, to hear that. News. Sometimes I get looks when I'm out on my patio and it's like, this is my home. Wow. <laughs> Dude, isn't that Seattle? That's classic Seattle though, man. It's like always passive aggressive. Like they'll just shoot you a bad look, but they're not going to say anything. Just make you feel bad about yourself. Get back yeah. in that house, Ted. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I think it's part of it too. I mean, you know, just like we saw last summer, just when it's warmer out, you can go outdoors and do stuff. Like just seemed like it was a little more relaxed, but it, I don't know. Texas op- opened up and then Mississippi was like, we're opening it up. Like no mass, this and that. And then I also agree with like, <clears throat> like I, I heard Count Coward say it a couple weeks ago. He's like, I don't know. He's like, mask is just part of the life now. Like you take it off when you get inside a restaurant, you're going to eat. But he's like, like, I don't know, just, I just, I just always have one with me. Yeah. It was never that big of an ask in the first place. In my opinion, I think people made a bigger deal about it than it needed to be. You know, it's like, dude, wear a mask, a common courtesy, help other people out. Is Texas opening prematurely? The good news about that, I'm torn, but the good news is like, I don't really have to deal with the blowback. You know what I mean? Like I'm not in that, that seat. So I feel like it's a little bit premature, but selfishly also kind of cool because stuff will open back up. Um, I'm not super worried about getting COVID. I was mostly worried about passing it to, um, you know, my parents and anybody who's older. I don't really have a lot of contact with older people and I avoid them on the streets. So selfishly, I'm, uh, no, nah, I'm not taking a position. I don't know. Neutral. <laughs> yeah. I just well, think I mean, it's funny that Cobb's down in Texas and he was in the dark on that one. <laughs> well, I mean, in his defense, he, you know, it's probably sunny days out living his life where it's like, I'm in a studio for four hours talking and just keeping up to date on every story coming yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Good Literally weather. The last few hours of an afternoon, like, and then hopping on here with the boys later. Like, yeah, of course. Matt, it was 74 degrees all day. I was in a, in a park throwing a Frisbee for the last yeah. six hours. Man. Dude. And we, we went hit- and swam in an aquifer. It was amazing. Uh, we hit 60 yesterday. Like Seattle did kind of this, like, it's not in the seventies yet, but it's like, it's like, yeah, we just kind of went from the dead of winter and the biggest snowstorm and I don't know, 50 years to being like, ah, it's springtime. <laughs> nice. I love that. <clears throat> well, dude, and you know how Seattle is, man, you, you start popping around 60. It's like, oh, it's spring. It's warm out. Yeah. I didn't realize I should have brought a swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to, I, you know, I'm not going to repeat it here. So some choice words I could take out, but if you ever want a funny speech and a thing to say to people, look up 40 degree day, the wire. (laughs) Have you ever heard that speech? No. And honestly, every time we do this podcast, because of you guys as well, some misinformation, I end up with like 16 tabs open. (laughs) And then afterwards I'm like watching all the videos and stuff we've referenced like, Oh wow, that's crazy. They really did build that thing. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe that. Yeah. Gets to be 55. Y'all mother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, I don't know. You know what, Cobb? How many, you know what? Let's read some emails. I was going to say jump or don't jump, man. Let's jump. (laughs) Good weather sites. Hey guys, you were talking about weather sites and apps, and I humbly suggest you check out weather.gov if you have not. It's straight from the NOAA, uh, which I think is the 
Atmospheric Association uh, slash NWS and contains county by county info as deep as you want to be. It even has cool stuff like the tsunami warning system where you can check out earthquakes and stuff. Also, unlike weather.com, which gets its info from NWS, it's not full of CD ads that will give your computer cancer. Big Weather just doesn't want you to know about the source because they lose their ad revenue if you go right to the origin. Cheers, Chris. <laughs> and I, fo- I follow like the Seattle one, the King County one. And then I, for some reason, I'm obsessed with following the passes too. You know, uh, Snoqualmie Pass had the most snow they've had in 20 years this year. Wow. Damn. Dude, yeah. I love Chris just cutting out the middleman and going straight to the source. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Weather.com is always like, do you want to upgrade to premium for more hours on the hourly forecast? Like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Dude, what was what was that movie where he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't want, he's like, I want to go get it where they go get it. Like talking about like sm- smuggling heroin into New York or whatever from Cambodia. What was that? Oh, you're talking about... Uh, it was like something Barnes was the dude's name. American Gangster. American Gangster. It's the movie he, American Gangster. And he's like, I want to go get that weather info where they go get weather info. But doesn't he, I think he ends up killing Nikki Barnes, right? You're talking about Frank. Oh, okay. Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. But the yeah, real, basically like his whole thing is like, he's like, I want to cut out all the middlemen and go straight to the source. The real Frank White, King of New York. Mm-hmm. A la weather.com. Gents. <laughs> Oh, wait, the, the, the subject of this email is pants. Gents, Ted, I've blown out the crotch in three jeans this year. I know well that extra soft feeling you're talking about when they're on the edge of ripping. I wish my bed sheets could be that soft. Keep up the good work. All the land. August. Yep, he's right. I gotta, I'm hitting, uh, <laughs> hitting the rack on Saturday. We are, we are dangerously low to a blowout. I mean, yeah, I feel like crotch. Lewis- yeah, I'm like Lewis Hamilton. Like, am I going to pit? Am I not going to pit? I'm like, I'll pit in three days. Like, we just. The tire got- could blow at any moment. <laughs> right. It needs like, gas, else? Ted. Matt will appreciate this. It makes every time you bend over to do anything, you're, you're only using your knees now. There's no like half leaning over. That's how you get a rip. <laughs> oh, God, dude. I wish this. I honestly, sometimes I just like to be detached from your world, but I wish this didn't hit close to home. I just ripped a pair of pants like two days ago. <laughs> so I hear you, man. I feel that pain. Right? Uh, I want to be able to sit at an outdoor table and spread my legs with pride. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing what color underwear I'm wearing. <laughs> oh god man to live in that freedom in america uh cop topic someone who helped me along the way hey uh (laughs) dude i love these emails i won't check them until right before we start oftentimes or i'll just get them on my phone at like the most inappropriate times and this one's like you do not need to read this on the podcast or anything but i wanted you to know just so you can know um so the cop topic was basically we took 20 seconds and we were just kind of, you know, reflecting and thinking about someone who had helped us along the way in whatever capacity, you know, people play pivotal roles in your life and help you out in different ways. And, you know, maybe went a little out of their way when they didn't have to. And, uh, you know, it's nice to just take a second and really appreciate what those people did for you. So, um, all right, this guy says, uh, you guys and the KSW team as well, uh, are who helped me along the way. A few years ago, I was really struggling. At work, I have to focus on how other people feel and take care of their problems. And at home, it's pretty similar. I put everyone's needs above my own and I just completely lost myself. 
I turned the radio on one day and listened to the men's room on my commute home. I didn't have to focus on anyone but myself on the radio, and I just got to release. A lot of the content was relatable for me, and it just felt good to listen to normal people talk and not to have to solve anyone's problems, be able to laugh about random shit. From there, I found the podcasts, but this one and the mega cast, and it's been a huge outlet for me in getting through the day. I get overwhelmed, and I can put on a podcast and just lose myself in a good way. I can almost feel the pressure release from my shoulders. I've told Ted before, but I'm so thankful you guys are here. I start to cycle in this downward spiral uh, of and feel like I'm sinking, but I can listen to a podcast and pull myself back. This, uh, this last year has been especially hard. I'm a store director at a grocery store and people can be awful. I was maced with bear mace early on in the pandemic last year by a shoplifter. And then just one thing after the next bee swarms, power outages, sewage problems, trying to enforce a mask policy and deal with quote unquote free breathers. Uh, and then of course, staff were exhausted and emotionally done that I have to encourage and support all those daily moments just eat away at me. I don't uh, like to bring it home and further the negativity. So I listen to you guys on my drive home every day and I don't feel so lost and exhausted and the sense of spiraling into piles goes away. I know you guys just meet up and talk, but what you guys do is powerful. Thank you. Sorry. I rambled. No, no worries. Appreciate it. Bear Mace is brutal. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I love getting emails like that, man. Honestly, those ones always pump me up on doing this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Bear mace. Ugh. I only got mace in the shoulder this summer. Bear mace in the eyes. That sounds brutal. Dude, and I'll also, you know, pay an unsolicited compliment, which is like, Matt, I feel like you have one of the most glass half full positive attitudes of anyone I've met, and it serves you very well. It's a color you wear well. And then, of course, Ted, you honestly are probably the most genuine person I know. And so I think, you know, for that person who's listening, I don't want to say their name. And then for me as well, like, you really do just keep it real in a great way. And it, it is kind of calming and just like, oh yeah, man. Like people out there just throwing ingredients together, trying to make some food. I get it. <laughs> right? <laughs> out there, L-I-V-N. <laughs> I just read that guy's book. It's actually pretty good. Better than you would think. <laughs> I can't tell in the candlelight. Is that it? <laughs> yeah dude sorry i'm like so ted's looking at me and i look like i'm in some creepy like gothic cave because i have candles on um yeah ted that's it <laughs> all right we'll take another break here and we'll come back and check in with what's happening all right we're back uh yeah feels like i should have something to update people on i don't there's not much going on so let's check in with what's happening. Hey, what's good what's happening? uh before we get to what's happening. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what's going on. Ted, I don't know when you first told me to check out Letter Kenny. I think it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, and I get to give credit to Webster, man. That was at Terrence one night around a fire at 3 a.m. And I was quoting Trailer Park Boys. And he's like, you've never seen Letter Kenny? And I was like, no. He's like, you've got to watch this show. It's so good, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was, I mean, that was the main thing this week was uh, discovering Letter Kenny, getting sucked in. Um, 
and it was just it's such a good show um and but i literally i had heard about it and my girlfriend as well like we had both heard so many people recommend it that like she had one friend and i had you ted is like no i know ted told me but i've also heard it from like a dozen other people of how great this show is and so you were right <laughs> thank you um and i've literally just been like telling all the cool people that i know like yeah, I'm watching Letterkenny now and like gauging whether or not they're one of the ones that have recommended it to me. <laughs> and like they make it pretty obvious. Like, yeah, I told you. I, I couldn't remember. All I knew was Ted was the one guy that I know for sure told me. And I was like, that meant something. Yeah, and that show has gotten like much bigger. Cause like I was saying, like that's I mean, that's why I'm always like, yeah, Webster told me, but I bet he told me like Man, probably two or three years ago. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's a good, uh, I mean, that's a good show to have a conversation about at a bonfire. Yeah, totally. Dude, I hit Tyler. That sounds bad if that was a soundbite. Uh, but I I hit Tyler with a not so bad, at, just out of the blue when she, she mentioned something about like me doing the dishes. Or I, I don't know. I just like, it's not so bad right as she was drinking a tea latte and she just spit it everywhere all over her clothes down her face it was like the most satisfying line that i've ever delivered it was just a casual like not so bad <laughs> she <laughs> lost it yeah well, uh, spit awesome. take, <clears throat> like to me like somebody does a spit take that's always like all right that was a good line yeah it's like the ultimate in comedy like oh yeah spit take i got him Right. That's a hitter. Right. Right. And it really was like timing. Like I just I didn't miss a beat. I had this urge because we'd been watching so much letter. Can like we use it? Not so bad. Pretty soon. Like haven't used that in the real world. I like that. And then like the opportunity presented itself and I just nailed it. And then, yeah, spit. Right. And I wasn't even looking. I just heard and I turned. I was like, oh, damn. That got her right as she was like inhaling, like right as she was about to swallow. So um, that was definitely a highlight of the week <laughs> for me personally. <laughs> Sorry, that's another one we don't want to take out, out of context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <sighs> oh, um. Other stuff happened. Um, oh, I, I did a photo shoot for my website stuff that I've been working on, which was just a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, my buddy that like does some really cool style photography. I was just like, yeah, dude, let's like come come over. Let's get crazy with some fruits and vegetables and exercises. And uh, yeah, so I just wanted it was kind of spurred by Cobb on this when Cobb was like, for dating profiles on Tinder, like, yo, spend a Bumble on Bumble. Bumble, Bumble. spend a few bucks and get a oh, we're not animals, photographer. Matt. Bumble, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so when cops doing that for like people's dating lives, it's like I should definitely have done that by now for my business. And so, uh, yeah, I'm really excited with what I've seen from those so far. And, you know, we'll put put that sort of stuff together later. But 
Uh, yeah, got the photo shoot done and watched a ton of ton of letter Kenny. Yeah, I mean, look, at the risk of sounding like Jim Bro, I mean, your back looks fucking awesome in that photo. Dude, thank you. I was about to say, I was like, I was going to wait for my moment and be like, dude, honestly, though, your back was shredded in those. Yeah. I was <laughs> bro like, to bro, that's a shredded back. Thanks, boys. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty stoked. So I called him and I was like, dude, like, I know it's a professional thing that I'm doing, but like fun is a real thing that I that makes the way that I coach people special. Right. And like enjoy it. And so like, I want it to be cool. I want you to do your thing. You know, I I didn't have a vision. I was like, you're my guy because of the work I've seen you do with a bunch of bands. Right. Like bring that same energy. And then I was like, here's the place. You know, these are what I have in mind. And he's like, I was like, if you have any other ideas or anything, like, let me know. And then he was that was his idea. He's like, what about here? And we got the clouds today with the weather and like, you know, something where we can just use that. And then, yeah, next thing you know, he's that was like the first thing he sent over. And I was like, dude, that's surreal. So then I put I put back to basics on it myself and just sent it over to you guys, because when I got it, I was like, that needs back to basics and bold black letters across the sky for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh man. All right. Well, good work. Uh, I think it's about that time. Cobb topic. Matt, I love that. All right. So the reason that my face is candle lit um, and Ted and Matt can barely see me is so, um, what's the best way to, okay. So I'm in like a, a skyscraper in Austin and the, we lucked out into like this sublease for like, you know, a couple months where we have these floor to ceiling windows. And we actually look out over the whole city, including the river. It's really cool. I've never lived anywhere this cool. And, uh, but if I have the lights on, I can't see any of that in looking past their faces right now. I'm looking at it and it seriously is just, it's incredibly gorgeous, really arresting. And, uh, yeah, it's magic. And so, that got me thinking, uh, basically, okay, if you, all right, so in movies, you always see, like, you know, you see the good guys, HQ, and then occasionally you'll see, like, the evil villain, like, their headquarters. I kind of feel like I'm in, like, an evil villain, like, headquarters lair, sort of looking over the city. So, cop topic this week is, if you were an evil villain, what would your lair be like? Feel free to email us, Ooh. email at thepodcast.com. If you were an evil villain, what would your lair be? look like how uh i mean how evil are we going ted you ted no one's gonna hear this you can be as evil as you want to be buddy it's just you me and matt on this call (laughs) all right have you ever seen is it the devil's advocate what with pacino where he's like the devil but he's living in new york city and he hires uh keanu reeves to like work for him then it turns out that Al Pacino is actually the devil. Oh, yes. No, I've never heard of that. So he owns like this same thing like you're talking about, like, this giant skyscraper. And like, pe- like, every, like Keanu gets a house there and this and that. But like you never go up to like the top floor. And it's like three floors. And there's like this giant like fireplace and like, like demons carved in it. That's like, how are we full? We're going full evil. Like I want that one. Dude, I love that. There's also that weird, like, evil headquarters on Lower Queen Anne, kind of by the dicks. Have you seen that building, Ted? It's like super weird. There's no signage on it. It's like black. 
I don't know. It's on that street Dix is on Lower Queen Anne. I don't know. I'll point it out at some point. All right. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Evil layer and I went with, I'll be the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to impersonate the devil incarnate. <laughs> <laughs> and do his bidding. God, Ted Smith, it is, it is definitely winter for you, buddy. <laughs> Let's rip some heads off. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just saying, we're going to do this. Let's do it. Yeah. When when I envision myself in that kind of capacity, for some reason, I'm way more organized and I'm able to pull off being an international arms dealer. And so I just feel like that's the vibe I'm going for. And a very sleek, futuristic, but like minimalist, like big, but big house, just not a ton of rooms, open space used well, fancy appliances, you know, the whole nine, like somewhere in the in the outskirts of L.A. where you can have some land in the hills. But it's like it's all Maseratis in the neighborhood. And I'm just imagining very sleek like evil lair out in the hills of LA and running insane amounts of guns uh, across the world. I love it. Well, did you ever see like Kim and Kanye's house and there was like no furniture in it? No. Just like artwork. I mean, it almost looked like an evil lair and it's like in the neighborhood you're talking about. Calabasas. Yeah. I think that's exactly where it was. Yeah. I heard, I heard, the fact that that's where they li- they lived referenced recently. I don't know why I remembered it, but um, it was just yeah. always creepy. Is when you saw the insides of their house, there's just like a room with a piano, but nothing else. And it was <sighs> like they lived in like a art like museum or something. I I don't know. Like it just was like, what is going on there? Dude, that's yeah. the thing I never get about these like giant mansions with marble floors and grand pianos and stuff. It's like. Dude, 99.9% of the time, the photographers from Vanity Fair or Architectural Digest are not there and you're just living in that thing day to day and you're mostly not entertaining people. Like, don't you just want like a comfortable, like nice place to like kick back and relax and enjoy your life? Right. I just imagine when you have a mansion like that, I imagine it's like the White House. So you have like those rooms that are set up that everybody sees and then you have like the living quarters. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably (laughs) true. I feel like that's probably like Bill Gates set up at a, what's his house called? It's like, we went through this before. It was like Odysseus or something like that. I don't know. I'm going to remember as soon as we on this podcast, but yeah, mm. I'm with you. Cause I think it can host like some absurd number of people. There's like a 50,000 square foot, like area for hosting people. And then he probably just has his regular, like chill house, not no correlation with him and the uh, evil lair. Sorry. <laughs> I'm the devil now. So. It doesn't really matter. I can pick and choose what companies make money now. (laughs) Please pick popcorn. Jesus. (laughs) Popcorn and fitness, man. Come on. Let's go. Pick the right popcorn company already, Ted. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There you go. There's another uh, The Home episode. Uh, Again, hopefully this summer or at least in the fall, there'll be some type of event. I don't know if it's a concert some sporting event, we can all just meet up with some listeners and some podcast listeners and just, I don't know, have, I don't care at this point, have a beer, have 10 beers, 
have a chicken wing, have donuts. We'll call him Nori. We'll get some macaroons going. Ooh. But yeah, it'd be good to it's good to see everybody. And honestly, it's been a year. I mean, it's been over a year now since we've had an event. So sure, people yeah, are excited insane. to get back out there. But trust me, as soon as we have news to report, I will report it first here on the podcast. <laughs> yes. All right. For FCTP, for Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers. I almost lost my damn thought there.